Today in Business from Wired. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy to use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60 day trial at shipstation.com slash tech news. That's shipstation.com slash tech news. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Here's today's spoken edition of Wired. Uber settles with FTC again, this time over 2014 privacy breach by Clint Finley. Uber on Tuesday agreed to improve its privacy and security practices and to allow outsiders to monitor its progress for 20 years. The agreement with the Federal Trade Commission would resolve complaints stemming from a 2014 incident in which a hacker gained access to the names and driver's license numbers of more than 100,000 Uber drivers. The company won't have to pay a fine, or at least it won't so long as audits show that the company is making good on its promises to ensure customers' and drivers' privacy and security. That may seem like a weak punishment, especially considering that it's Uber's second FTC settlement this year, following a January agreement to repay drivers $20 million for misleading them about how much money they could make but it reflects the FTC's limited enforcement powers. An FTC spokeswoman explains that the agency can't levy a fine for an initial violation. People always complain that this is a slap on the wrist compared to Europe, says Woodrow Woodrow Hartzog, a professor of law and computer science at Northeastern University School of Law. But there's only so much the FTC can do. We are pleased to bring the FTC's investigation to a close, an Uber spokesman said in a statement. We've significantly strengthened our privacy and data security practices since 2014 and will continue to invest heavily in these programs. In 2015, we hired our first chief security officer and now employ hundreds of trained professionals dedicated to protecting user information. Well, the agreement is not toothless. After all, it gives the FTC oversight over the company's privacy and security practices for 20 years. Such agreements, called consent decrees, have become the de facto standard for the FTC to regulate privacy practices at tech companies. The agency has entered into similar 20-year agreements with Google, Facebook and Snapchat, among others. The FTC has basically gone around collecting these consent decrees from a ton of companies, says William McGeverin, a professor at University of Minnesota Law School. Because they run for 20 years, even the ones from the early Bush administration are still enforced. 
This increases the FTC's future leverage over Uber, and that's worth something. In 2012, for example, the FTC fined Google $22.5 million for violating a 2011 settlement. Facebook, I think, has gotten a lot better since the FTC went after them, McGeverin says. In Uber's case, the FTC alleged in a complaint that the company claimed to follow standard, industry-wide, commercially reasonable security practices, but often did not. For example, Uber left user data unencrypted on a cloud service that many people within the company could access, according to the FTC's complaint. Plus, the engineers who had access all used the same encryption keys. And that's a bit like leaving all its users' personal data in unlocked filing cabinets inside a building for which every employee has a key. All it would take for an outsider to gain access was for an employee to leave their key in plain sight. And that's exactly what happened in May 2014, the FTC complaint says, when someone breached Uber's server using an encryption key that an engineer accidentally posted to a public website. Tuesday's agreement may not be the end of Uber's problems with the FTC either. Hartzog says a recent paper by University of Washington law professor Ryan Callow and multidisciplinary researcher Alex Rosenblatt of the Research Institute data and society, points to other potential privacy concerns, such as monitoring how much battery power remains on a user's device, because users with little juice might be willing to pay more for a ride. When a company can design an environment from scratch, track consumer behavior in that environment, and change the conditions throughout that environment based on what the firm observes, the possibilities to manipulate are legion, Callow and Rosenblatt write. Companies can reach consumers at their most vulnerable, nudge them into overconsumption, and charge each consumer the most he or she may be willing to pay. Going after Uber and similar companies over less visible privacy practices will be harder than making the case that led to Tuesday's settlement, however. Consent decrees are a safe way to make a case stick, Hartzog explains. Given the FTC's limited powers, it will be harder to convince a judge that a harsher penalty is warranted. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.